Hello, Rip City faithful and Trailcasters listeners. This is Keith. We've got a good episode coming your way, but before we get started, I just wanted to jump in with a real quick apology. Uh, as I'm sure you guys have heard on recent episodes, I am not in my usual recording setup quite yet. As I've been making the move, I'm still recording from the living room. I had some technical difficulties this week. While trying to fix a left channel, right channel problem, I somehow picked up a bit of a high-pitched beep in the background. I did what I could to fix it, but it's really been a bit of a bug, and in the interest of getting the episode out before tomorrow's game, we're just going to roll with this for now, and I will get that fixed for future episodes, but thank you for being patient as we get set up in our future studio. But that aside, Chris and I had a really good conversation about the final three preseason games, what concerns us going into the regular season here, and predicting some things for the first few real games coming up. Also, quick side note, if anyone is a technical wizard out there, hey! hit me up. I am open to any advice or suggestions, trying to work through all this software stuff. That's it for now, though. Please enjoy the episode, enjoy tomorrow's game, and let's go Blazers! Hello, Rip City. To all of you in town and out of town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. Here with you from Hood River, my name is Keith Feltner-Smith. And here with me, as always, the co-host with the most, the master of the segues, Mr. Chris the Bully, Jay Burkhart. How are you, sir? I am wonderful. I'm the master of the segues. I like that. That's fun. It's nice. It's like the <laughs> nicest thing anyone's ever said about me. Oh, all right. Well, hey, that's... Boy, on, on one hand, I'm glad I could uh, uh, give that to you, but on another, I think that's a low bar. Like, you know, we, we gotta, it is a we low bar. I bump you up, man. People don't, <laughs> they don't speak kindly about me, I guess. <laughs> well, we can change that. I, I guess I can no longer call you a bully. I have to start with, like, complimentary nicknames now. Okay, oh, no, I, li- that's, I think I like I bully, it. though. I think it's fitting. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Yeah, maybe that's why that's the bar. Okay, we will discuss nicknames more in the future. Uh, but hey, look, this is our last off-season pod. If we're going to get in anything irreverent, this is the time to do it. Uh, I took my my last off-season break this last week. We took a week off there, uh, as I've been known to do when I have other life to deal with. But from here on out, the plan is to be here every single week, putting out a show for you guys, uh, listeners of the Trailcasters. Hey! But Chris, I figure we should start with kind of the, the betting prediction odds now. What do you think? Are we going to make it the whole season every week without missing a beat? I mean, I will. <laughs> I, put, I put my odds at 100. I put your odds at 50. <laughs> this is a team sport, sir. This is a team podcast. Okay, no, that, that's fine. That's fine. You're, Basketball you're the point. is a team sport, but you have starters and you have bench players. I'm working my way into the <laughs> oh, starting Oh, now, hold on. <laughs> you're a starter, <laughs> but... <laughs> okay, you're, you're, you're just saying that you're the guy in there first in the gym, and if I'm not keeping up with your gym schedule, then I am the problem. I don't want to be the weak link to get it. Uh, I will... Uh, make sure to follow through and, and my dog is i'm in with some whimpers so i think maybe he's already calling me out too good boy good boy <laughs> uh so what'd you do with this last week off though our last off-season break here on trailcasters uh what'd you fill it with my last week i don't know i did nothing i did i sat down <laughs> I vegged out continued to look for work Played, played video games, played games with the children, cooked a monster dinner last night, went, went old nice. island style, made the Kahlua pork and the poi and some Spam Ooh. Musubi. It was delicious. So that yeah, I've awesome. been I've just been living that unemployed life. I love it. Okay, so you know, we uh we you and I went to game two. what seems like forever ago. That was last week. Does right? feel yeah, like does feel like forever that. ago was Monday. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, it was exactly a week ago from today. We, uh, you and I went to game two of the preseason. After seeing game one, as we talked about last week, game two, it was an interesting one. We'll get to kind of the details on that later. Uh, and, you know, they also had games three and four already in the last week. I streamed, I tried to stream those from here. had some uh, difficulty with that, difficulties with that. More on that later as well. Uh, you, I assume, were able to watch those just fine. Yep. But uh, let's see. Other than that, yeah, I've been making some bread. I forgot bread for you when I was supposed to bring that out for uh, to your place when I was picking you up for that game, game two. Uh, but then I had my first IKEA purchase ever, which made me drive back into Portland again the next day. So it gave me a chance to rescue the bread delivery. Wait uh, a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> your first IKEA purchase ever? Yes, sir. Yeah, first ever. Thing, bought this couch if you can see it that we're that I'm sitting on here. A giant. Love seat plus a chase. The chase has a storage unit for blankets. The love seat here has a nice full uh, fold-out futon for sleeping. Uh, as you can see, also plenty of rooms for the room for the dogs. I got a sleeping pug behind me and sleeping shepherd mix over Man. here before he goes into the vet today. Uh, IKEA. I yeah. feel like that's on brand for you. I feel like not having what? shopped there before. I feel like not having oh. shopped there <laughs> is on brand for you. I feel like you're very Portland. You're like, yeah, our <laughs> our our coffee table is made from a real mahogany tree handcrafted here locally (laughs) but you'll be happy to know that when they cut down the tree to make it they planted 20 more because it's all about sustainability (laughs) yeah that's a great sounding table i love that idea (laughs) (laughs) i'm just i'm I'm just flying off the rails here going off the cuff but i'm just like that's that's i feel like that that's key that that's okay like that that might look I, I may I may have told you that we have a woodcutter friend out here, so maybe you think I'm just rolling in these mahogany tables. Uh, but for the record, uh, the table that the computer is on right now was left here by the people that sold us this place. The, my previous coffee table I've had since college, and Abby's hey! making me not bring it into this house because it looks so bad. And our previous dining table literally was found in a, in a dumpster, and we used that thing for a decade in Twelve. So uh, <laughs> it's, Dude, it's not I, quite mahogany I, tables, but it's kind of Portland hipster. So when I, I bought my old, my old house there was stuff left there too so like when i when i when i moved in there was a uh uh like porch patio set that they, mm-hmm. that they had left a couple nice. barrels in the back that were like water collector collections and stuff yeah um, nice. a bench like there was some like cool like it was all usable stuff like it wasn't garbage right and i left it all or they left it all and uh i'm like cool you know that's that's cool we'll find a way to use it clean it up make it all nice we did then when i sold the house i'm like you know what it's just got to stay with the house. It, it was here when we moved oh, in. Oh, nice. We got to leave it. We got it's got to stay at the house. Dude, the people who bought the house were like I got a call from my realtor like the next day. Uh so apparently you left some stuff and the people who moved in aren't happy about it. And I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> oh my no. god." I'm like, "Yeah, you bought you bought the ha- you bought the house. Deal with it now." Like, I moved into this brand new house and there was some stuff left behind. And it's like, "Okay, am I gonna keep it or am I going to trash it? Like, what am I going to do?" But I'm just like, Man, you you well, ruined no, my okay. vibe. I left it there because it was there when I moved in. I was like, this isn't mine. This isn't even the old owners. This is the houses. It belongs here. But now, when, they, when you they, moved in, did they not notify you? The the previous owners hadn't notified you, hey, we're leaving the stuff here. They just kind of left it and went? Yeah, they just left it. Okay. See, so when, when we got in here, our realtor even, like, had they she let us know a few days before we moved in, hey, the previous owners, there was a, a table and a TV and, a, and like, uh, oh, some nightstands in the bedroom and a, a bed frame. Uh, if do you want those? If not, we can get rid of them for you. And we're like, no, sounds great. We, you know, right size and all that stuff, perfect. Uh, and you know, yeah, the TV's mounted in the living room. It's a nice big TV. The table's nice. It's like matching furniture. There's even a Tesla charger they left in the garage. So I mean, but point is, they they kind of gave us the heads up. What I wish they'd done is 
I wish they'd left the washer dryer because this is the smallest washer dryer space, like the front little closet where the hookups are, that I've ever seen. We measured it out, and we, like, we have to look for units that are like 24 inches deep. And it's, it, you know, I don't know about you, Chris, but apparently, uh, as I've done some research, it's really hard to find washers or dryers that are less than like 26 or 28 inches. No, it is hard because uh, my at this new place, our refrigerator cutout is like completely different than anywhere I live. Like it's. It's, oh yeah, it's, like smaller. It's shorter than normal, but wider oh. than normal too. So, like, you had to buy a very specific <laughs> fridge to 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 get in there. And the thing is, like, I used to be about that life too. Like, okay, we'll leave this, we'll leave that. And now, just especially because of COVID and supply chain issues, it's like, oh, no. If yeah. I have to move in like the next few years, like, yeah, washer, dryer, fridge, like any any appliance <laughs> that can legally come with me is coming with me because, like. Yeah, like I don't want to move into a place and do what I did here. But when we moved here, because again, COVID, we didn't have a fridge. So we ordered the fridge as soon as we moved in in July. And it wasn't even available for pickup until the end of October. So oh, it's like no. I had to go to Home Depot <laughs> and get like a super like small fridge. Like it was like the in-between from like your little like single single yeah. tier college fridge to your actual fridge and bought that and we had to live on that for three or four months the starter fridge yeah anyway <laughs> Jeez, this is not this is not blazer basketball keith this is not blazer basketball but hey I, look, dame okay. doesn't have well, these I, problems I guess... he probably has a fridge in every room <laughs> one more thing before we get to the basketball i have to ask i'm putting you on the spot i gave you some bread sir i delivered on that just to make sure i wouldn't get made fun of on the pod for it but give me a review how's the bread taste how's that super sourdough Okay, so you're putting me on a spot to give you a review. When you when you give someone, Keith, I love you. I love you. <laughs> I just want to know. Well, I want to know if it worked out. I, I... Well, I love you. But when you give someone bread to try, you, you, don't bring them the burnt loaf. Oh. <laughs> don't bring them the burnt loaf. Oh no. <laughs> now, now the outside was a little 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 tough. It took, I told you uh, how to crust, yeah. It, it took me a couple <laughs> bread knives through to actually get through. It doled them so quickly. <laughs> um, but I will tell you, the, the, the inside was soft. The flavor was there. It was, it was a, it was a well-presented piece of bread from the core. The outside, the outside was, hey, I'm not going to pick on you too bad, though. because I mean, How dare you? <laughs> had it have been me, had it have been me, it would have just been a full break. Like, there would have been no bread to, to consume. <laughs> And I'm obviously oh, just picking on you because you you did tell me as you dropped it off that it's gonna have a little <laughs> bit of a crust on it. Like you, I was warned that hey, I'm still learning how to do it. But hey, for it. someone who's still lear- who's learning the craft, who's learning the craft, working out the kinks, hey, you're you're on to something because the bread itself on the the inside passed that crust. It was good. It was good. Thank now you, you just okay, got okay. you got to figure out. Yeah, I'm gonna blame moving. You know, you got to figure out the new oven and is <laughs> yeah. 350 really 350 center rack? Is it really the center rack? You know, there's all these little things oh, there. But, I'm, but I'm hey, it was good. It's yeah. a work in progress. But I was I was I was proud of you. I was like, this is good because I would have made a brick. Like you probably could have <laughs> broke a window with my loaf of bread. How I made it. So. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate the the uh, kind of a compliment sandwich there. I'll take it. Uh. uh I, I guess from now on, I, I got to know your bread standards are high. So I'm bringing you the freshest of fresh loaves. And, you know, I, it's, yeah, we are. It's a new stove in here. We're cooking with gas. So uh, it's it's definitely a little different. Things heat up a little uh, a little differently than I'm used to. So, uh, yeah, maybe is that part of the Portland hipster thing, too? Or I'm used to an electric oven and the rest? Okay. Maybe. Uh, cooking, cooking, with, <laughs> cooking with gas is where it's at, man. Oh, it I is, man. It. I am loving it. It's fun. But let's talk about basketball. 
Before we get to Blazer basketball, Chris, I'm not going to make you talk about the trade again, I swear, but can we just touch on briefly the Simmons and Kyrie insanity, the Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving insanity that's been going on? Sure, I, I, let's I touch. swear, dude, these guys have to have a bet going about who can keep the headlines <laughs> through the offseason and just, just drive people nuts with how ridiculous their two stories have been. Kyrie real fast for people that haven't been, uh, just to catch everyone up, if you've been ignoring this as you probably should be by now. Last we talked, Kyrie had missed the Nets media day. Then he came out on Instagram uh, saying that he wants to be a voice for the voiceless, but this wasn't referring to uh, disenfranchised people or people of color or people that have been uh, uh, sick and had trouble getting the vaccine. This has been about referring to people who'd lost their jobs due to vaccine mandates because they didn't want to get vaccinated. Uh, this didn't look good. I don't want to go too much farther into it, but Kyrie is, if he didn't look insane to you before, he's even more tasteless and insane now uh for a while he was talking about trying to play part-time for the nets they have eventually refused they said no he will not play for us until it's full-time and that essentially means until he gets vaccinated dude chris mr burkhardt as the professional journalist that has been around the nba the, you've got to think that this is wearing on his star teammates kevin durant and james harden at this point right like harden hasn't even signed his extension I think it's t t uh, today is the deadline for that. Spoiler uh, alert, he didn't sign. I don't sign. know. I, I, I'm shocked that Kyrie has taken it this far. I still can't tell if he really cares about this dance or if he's just kind of a contrarian that needs a, a soapbox to go on sometimes. But where where right. are you at or are you just ignoring it? Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm ignoring it to this point. I think it's I think it's crazy. I think it's ridiculous that, that uh, it's getting as much pub as it is. I've said before... Uh, on this pod with you, Keith, I, I think the COVID stuff is a very, it's a very slippery slope. It's a touchy subject for a lot of people. Uh, yes, I'm like, I'm down with it. Like, here's the thing. Like if you don't want to get the vaccine and you have your actual, like legit reasons, there's stuff going on. Maybe you don't want to like, whatever, like your personal choice. Like I get it. I get that argument. I do not get spreading conspiracies. I do not get like this voice of this voice of the voiceless nonsense. I, I, I don't get like the little bit of like, you know, to use a term all the young kids use like the clout chasing, right? Like how, how my, my engagement and my spotlight is what's going on here uh, with him. And, and that's just, it's, it's interesting to me that he's doing it. When you, when you talk about the weighing on the locker room and stuff, I think I, I feel like I've been, uh, in and around enough locker rooms to feel that this particular situation uh, with, with Kyrie's stance on on the vaccine, right? Um, I, I don't think that's I don't think it's bad for the locker room. Let's let's put it that way. I, I think a lot okay. of these guys kind of like uh, like, and I think Kevin Durant has kind of come out and said that too. Just like it's his personal choice. We respect that. Like it, it's it's we're still friends we're this and that we're gonna we're gonna figure this stuff out what he's doing there is what he's doing i think where it starts to weigh on the team is the media circus that it's created right like the non-stop like you could kind of tell the the disdain for it in in coach nash's voice when he's like okay like Definitely. okay I'm, I'm being asked about this again okay let's talk about it and like okay blah 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 now i'm done like it is what it is let's talk about the team that's here and i think that would wear on me if i were on the team like okay absolutely yeah like if i'm kevin durant or i'm james harden or anyone else on the team like i'm like talk about me talk about the guys who are here what we can do because we still have to go play whether he's here or not and then when he is if he does decide to get vaccinated we're gonna welcome him with open arms if the rules in new york change we're gonna welcome him with with open arms so uh, I, I think that 
is is where the team is. And you also got to understand, like I told you too, Keith, with the the situation with Wiggins in San Francisco, if you're the, if you're his teammates, you are looking at the situation going. This is really weird that in this like. Only at our home games are you not allowed to play. Like, you're allowed to play at every other arena in the league. And again, similar to what I said about Wiggins, I get the stance if that's what you're standing on because it's a weird balancing of the rule. Uh, But, yeah, I think the media circus is what wears on you. It's no different than if you've paid attention uh, or anyone who listens has with, like, the situation with uh, head coach Nick Rolovich and the Washington State Cougars uh, on his vaccination status, which is supposed to come to a head today. He could – could be fired before the, the end of this podcast because not getting vaccinated in Washington. And there's been players who have spoken out about like, you know, that's our coach. We trust our coach. We, we, we like mm. our coach, but the media circus just becomes exhausting. So yeah. I think that's that with, with Simmons, like Simmons is just weird. Simmons is like, Simmons is weird. Simmons, <laughs> Simmons is being like, like they're, they're, they're both being kept alive for two separate reasons. Kyrie's news is continuously in the news cycle because I feel like, COVID just has to be in the news cycle. We have to yeah, talk about exactly. it. It's so we polarizing that we have to talk about it, right? Simmons, yeah. the only reason he is in the news cycle constantly right now is because every single team who wants to continue to latch on the hope of getting Ben Simmons traded out, out of Philadelphia and landing on their team. So we're going to continue to talk about it and talk about the the, the uh, discord and what's going on in philly and how disgruntled he is and oh my gosh he showed up to work can you believe it like i mean he had a job to do like of course he showed up but yeah he Simmons lost nearly is... a million bucks yeah of course he shows up man like that's that's crazy yeah Go, yeah right, sorry, it, but, but it's also crazy like i absolutely do not like this art like the arguments like he's a professional athlete he has a job to do and he needs to show up and do it and i'm like dude okay yes he gets paid millions yes he gets paid to play basketball but dude those guys treat that just like it's like any other job and if you've been disgruntled at work sometimes you just don't want to show up sometimes you start hitting the linkedin and 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 the indeeds (laughs) right and start perusing other opportunities out there because it's just not going well for you the only difference is ben simmons can't go on linkedin and type in starting point guard <laughs> and see what teams have posted that position so he has to jockey a little bit different than us but come on if you're disgruntled you're disgruntled you're right though like if if you or i when we were at nbc if we were suddenly like oh this place isn't gonna be here much longer i should start looking for other jobs we're doing that from the office we would still have to go in fulfill the job we're doing and kind of maybe do it on the sly a little bit or whatever obviously if we could go home and like sit at home and be like, yeah, I'm going to look for a new job from here. That's what we would choose to do. That's kind of the same way Simmons is. Like you said, he makes millions. So if he didn't want to show up, he doesn't have to. But yeah, obviously the money matters to him. He does end up showing up to the gym, uh, apparently without really telling anyone about it. There were stories that he was literally at the door being like, hey, come on, let me in. Uh, but what I thought was kind of interesting too, they he had to get testing done to ent- as he enters the building and all this, kind of get caught up since he's been gone. And word was that Ben Simmons needed five days isolated away from the team before he was allowed to join in and get going with practice and the rest. Now, the rumor, again, around kind of the, the, the media circus that this all creates is that kind of lines up with meaning that Ben Simmons might not have a vaccination either. Like, he hasn't been as vocal about it as Kyrie and Bradley Beal and Andrew Wiggins and some of the rest. But if, like you mentioned, if other teams besides the Blazers were looking to trade for Ben Simmons, particularly the Brooklyn Nets when they were having the problems with Kyrie Irving, there was talk about, oh, can we just swap these guys around? If he's not vaccinated either, he's not going to be able to play their games. So it's it's he's affecting his own market if that is the deal. And like you said, I know it's we've had plenty of vax talk already. We'll move on. 
uh, from all the COVID-related stuff at this point, but it's not going away as far as a conversation topic. It's going to continue to be one of these things that has to come up because at least right now, the Net the Knicks and the Nets in New York, their home games are affected. And it sounds like New York is trying to make another uh, rule of some sort or, or bill that would mean that away teams, other, like other people coming in to do business in New York, you have to also be vaccinated. It wouldn't just be for the teams there. Uh, obviously, we've heard, we've talked about the Bay uh, for Andrew Wiggins. Now it sounds like LA is also putting rules in place. And again, if one city finds a way to make it so it's not just their teams, but other teams coming in have to do this, you can probably bet it's going to spread that way. So we'll keep you up to date. We'll let you know the latest uh, and give you the takes here on Trailcasters for it. But let's move on. Let's get to some Blazer stuff. Before we get to the preseason, Chris, <laughs> you and I, uh, right before this started, we, we weren't going to include this next bit in here, but you made a reference towards Al Farouk Aminu uh, and his current contract situation. <laughs> I thought you were just trolling me because I recently got into it a little bit on Reddit uh, on the Trollcasters account on there about someone saying, hey, Aminu's free. We should sign him up here. And I said that was silly and I did not get a lot of approval from that right off the bat. There's been a lot more of opinion, a lot of opinion both ways since then. But I thought this would be obvious. I get it that he's maybe a fan favorite in ways, but I don't think there's a position for him here on the team. We, we, we've got people on the wing. We need to get minutes to Nas. We don't need someone else coming in here. It's not like Aminu had a complete game anyway. It's not like he's the kind of player you need for if you're trying to make a... He's not the kind of player you need if you're trying to make a competitive team this season. Even when you and I were talking, it sounded a little more like you view him as almost a, a veteran mentor. Is that wrong? Or do you see him like coming in here getting minutes if they were to sign Aminu? Are, are we seriously say, talking about Aminu? I say bring him in because it's fun. Why not bring a old chief back? <laughs> bring back the... Get the Aminu, uh, uh, Aminu Hive back alive and well. Uh, I, th I, 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 I speak explicitly from a fan perspective when i say little things like that because i always think it's fun to try to get a guy to come back what one more hurrah you know and if you had a guy like an alpha rukamino in as your 15th player come on why like why it's not it doesn't, hurt, it doesn't hurt anything he's a good locker room guy he's a fun guy to talk to the portland needs more of the uh yeah uh you know like what is <laughs> like like that's how he answers every question and i loved it like yeah. like it like Alvaro you were eight for eight today. What do you have to say about your game? Yeah, I was I was hitting a lot of shots or whatever the case might be. <laughs> like that's what they, that, <laughs> he I was polite, man. <laughs> he was great. He was great. Uh, so I say it because it's always fun. I think it'd be fun to have Alvaro back just for that come first full circle type thing. Uh, you're dude. You're, if you brought an Alvaro back, he's not your starting power forward. He's not your second power forward off the bench. That's Larry Nance Jr. He's your third guy off the bench. He's your he's he's behind Nos in the rotation. He's not getting any PP. Like, well, that, that's no, that would be the yeah that, that would be the big. Let's thing. go back. I, okay, I don't want him but let's go back here, to like, okay, from here's, here's the thing, though. This goes back to what I've said already, and I I, <laughs> I mean no disrespect by it, which means what you're saying is about to be disrespectful. <laughs> so that sucks. But I mean, I hell, I take I would take. A vet Alfaru Camino is my fifteenth guy off the bench over CJ Ellaby. CJ Ellaby, any day of the week. Do I think I knew where it was realistically going. is going out to sign him? No. Do I think they they should sign him to make their team absolutely better? No. Alfaru Camino is like Alfaru Camino is not as good as he was when he left Portland. And in the last few years, he was in Portland. He was kind of starting his like a little bit of a downhill slide of the, the like 
production wise like wasn't great he never was really that great but he got hurt you know when he got when he got moved to orlando and then he got hurt and struggled to do anything there didn't play a lot obviously because he was in street clothes most of the time so he's you know he's still i think still recovering he's still knocking that rust off so you don't know what you get with him but we do know that he's a guy that if you need to you can throw out there to play defense he's not going to be your go-to crazy scorer that's just not what he does you know that he's not going to be your knockdown three-point shooter like he's going to hit a couple but he's not he's not going to be your ben mclemore or tony snell the guys that you signed to do that job he's just he's just there like it wouldn't hurt it wouldn't be like if news broke today that they signed out for Rukaminu, I would be like, cool. <laughs> like, like, I wouldn't roast yeah. it as the worst move ever. And then I'd find there's got to be some positive there in the in the the story. Like I said, bringing him back. Like, I mean, if you could bring back guys from that team, like I personally would rather have a Mo Harkless on this team than an Alfred Um I just I liked Mo Harkless when he was here. I that probably is one of my favorite players on the team. But also, but I said that even when they were making the run to the, the Western Conference Finals, that you knew Portland had turned the corner on the roster when Al Farouk Aminu and Mo Harkless were rotation players, not starters. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah, if you yeah. brought them back in to be <laughs> rotation players, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. But Rotation or I mean, end of bench type players. I, I, I get what you're saying. And Okay, fine. I, I I could be a little warmer to it as far as that 15th spot on the roster idea and not getting okay. minutes. I, I get this is mind. where you need to get out of your head, okay? Because you 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 get upset with half the moves that I propose, <laughs> and I and you do upset this. By no, it. listen, listen. You get upset, and so do fans. So 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 do listeners sometimes, and it's because like, not they want every single move to be earth shattering. And the thing is, not every single move can be earth-shattering. So you have to think of just little tiny things that, that can this move help the team. And you got to try to think the positive spin. Where is the positive spin? If Neil Olshay goes out and signs a guy, he signs him for a reason. So what's the positive spin? And like you sit here and you go, oh, but like it's not going to move the needle. And then you kind of go, well, yeah, as a 15th guy on the roster, I guess it would make sense. There's no other spot for him, Keith. You're not signing an yeah, Alfaruk. Yeah. At, at this point, you're not signing anyone. Like, if you're right. signing Alfaruk Aminu, Marquise Chris, Patrick Patterson, who you could have signed, who you had the contra- the, the training camp contracts with, right? Who end- you ended up signing Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, but if you sign any of those guys, they're the 15th guy on the roster, the 15th guy in the rotation. They're not playing unless there's injuries or it's garbage time or like rest days and so you're you're you only have 10 active players because dame and cj and nurk all got the day off because it was a back-to-back or some sense like nonsense like that you're not signing these guys to play 20 minutes a night so if i'm given a vet men deal and that's what i have to work with and it doesn't hurt me financially uh does it hurt to bring in a 15th guy that knows the system who knows dame who don't like no, it doesn't. Well, doesn't a fan favorite, yeah. I, I got you. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt at all. It doesn't make things necessarily better, but it doesn't <laughs> hurt. I, I like that. But, I like it. Bring it in. Listen, you want to know about a uh, positive or optimistic spin here? We were already talking about this being a move where he wouldn't actually be getting playing time. But then when you mentioned you'd rather bring in Mo Harkless than Chief, in my head I start going, oh, but Chief brings better defense. You know, he could actually help the team. No, wait a minute. You know, like I instantly start thinking about him, what role he could play on the team. And I, I get what you're saying, though. It's not the... Not the case. He'd be, now he'd let's be the make this favorite. abundantly clear. <laughs> let's make this abundantly clear because there's probably fans already roasting me as they listen to this. No, 
I do not want him to go sign out for Rukaminu. <laughs> I'm just saying, if it happened, I wouldn't be like, oh my god, worst thing ever. I would rather keep the spot open and see what happens trade time. Maybe there's a... Uh, I think keeping the spot open is better. Like Not only, like I just said, for trades, if it's lopsided, maybe it's a you know, a CJ for two players or whatever. You have to keep that spot open. But I think you have to keep that spot open if you're Neil O'Shea because Neil O'Shea, we can say all the negatives we want about Neil O'Shea and the things he's yes, messed we can. up on, but he's done good things too. And one thing that Neil O'Shea has yeah, actually sure. tended to do very well at is those end of the season, like so-and-so was waived, the Ennis right. Cantor, Rodney Hood type additions to the team, right? And the best way to take advantage of those late season cuts is to have that roster spot open. So I think that is, I think that's the best move for Portland. That's what I would rather do than bring in Alfred Camino or sign a Patrick (laughs) Patterson or anybody at this point. But the name of the episode this week is going to be Burkhart wants chief back to Portland or or something like that. Hey, it'll Uh, get clicks. I just, I just (laughs) like Alfred Camino. He's a good, he's a great guy. Fans, fans liked him personally, polarized on what he brought to the, uh, the court. Uh, but I mean, I just, I'm always, I'm always for the love story, you know, the lost love comes back and relationships are rekindled. The redemption tale. Yeah. The the, the movies that you watch on Hallmark, you know, it just, just makes me get the warm fuzzy feeling. Okay. Speaking of redemption tale, shout out to Dennis Smith Jr. Like you called, uh, like you've been saying for the last couple episodes, he got that 14th spot. So he's officially on the team. We'll be seeing him at at points this season, maybe as much as you see, uh, CJ Ellaby. So. We'll see how that goes. Let's talk about the preseason, though, before we get on to the real season games right around the corner. Uh, okay, so, like we said, on the last episode, we had seen the first game. There were three more over the last uh, last week or so. Reminder, the preseason doesn't matter, but, Chris, does a winless preseason matter to you? Nope. Doesn't, n- doesn't mean anything. How nope. about uh, major players sitting out games? Does that matter to you? Not seeing real nope. lineups? No. Nope. Okay. None of it matters what? to me. What does concern you, though, as far as we've seen four games now, now they're going into the regular season, what bothers you? Are you bothered by, like, in, in my opinion, I don't think we saw enough of a defensive change. I know it's not going to be immediate. It's going to take time. But I would have wanted to see a little more of what what what, what kind of framework we were going to hope to see defensively. Are, are you bothered by that? We haven't seen uh, much other than more of the same. Uh, I mean, yes and no. I mean... Yeah, you got the first game. Uh, uh, Golden State got off like 100 threes or some nonsense like that. I mean, I think it was the actual number was 69, yeah. but still <laughs> way too much, especially Top when you're you know, trying to fix things defensively in this league. It's a three-point league, right? You got to stop them from getting shots. But uh, at the same time, though, Keith, I mean, how how much can you, you – you can't take much into what you saw at preseason, anything you saw defensively, any improvements or – lack thereof because i mean you you were you were getting minutes from greg brown and marquise chris who aren't (laughs) going i mean marquise chris isn't even on the team now uh kelgin blevins was getting a lot of minutes cj ellaby were getting was getting a lot of minutes kelgin blevins is probably going to be in the g league most of the year cj ellaby is not going to play dennis smith jr had a lot of minutes yes but dennis smith jr is your third point guard off the bench who's not going to play that much this year either you i i think the number was i saw Dwight James tweeted earlier that like the actual starting lineup that we're expected to see only played like 18 minutes together or something yeah. the, the entire <laughs> preseason. Like, so yeah. you can't see, you can't see the improvements there because I mean, basketball is, is a team sport. So you, 
you can see maybe some individual improvements, but you're not going to see too much about what the actual improvements were defensively uh, with the five. I mean, Nurk played more time with Dennis Smith Jr. and Anthony Simons than he did Dame, and that's those aren't the right. guys that he's going to be communicating with on a daily basis. I think you take the excitement factor is the little things you saw. Like, for one thing, it was I absolutely loved what I saw this preseason from Larry Nance Jr. Like, he does a great job closing out on the shooters, making it hard as he, as he can, uh, recovers well when he when he's not in position. And I, yeah, I other people quite, get defensive? Yeah. I, yeah, I quite often liked that I saw that he was up in the air trying to block a shot in the paint even if he wasn't had no yeah. chance of actually blocking it he's trying his best to affect the shot and that's going to trickle down especially when you get this lineup back where you want it and you're not trying to play 14 or 15 guys in one game just to <laughs> see what you got you're only playing your 9 10 man rotation then you're going to see your improvements so yeah i am not worried at all about what people saw in preseason it's yeah it's easy to get oh it's we talked about the defense and the defense was just terrible and the he said the offense wasn't going to change but the offense looked like junk too like yeah of course the offense looked bad cj mccollum <laughs> and damian lillard barely touched the ball like the, the, you were running a shell of your offense if that letting guys like dennis smith jr just go iso when they needed to like it was just like it was basically knock the rust off you know, you saw in the first game where, like, Nurk and Dame, CJ, yeah, they looked a little tired, but that's what camp was for, too. Get get that cardio back up. But uh, you take the first game here coming up against Sacramento, that's where that's where we really analyze what we're seeing, Keith. That's where we see if we, we see an improvement defensively or not. Sacramento ran them out of their own building in the game that we went to. That's not going to happen in, in the in the regular season opener. I just guarantee you it's not going to happen. So, no, yeah. I do not care about what I saw in preseason because preseason does not matter. I've never watched a preseason game in any sport, any, any time ago. Oh, yep, this is the year they put it together or this is the year they fall. I watch, like, I watch spring training in, in, uh, in baseball just for the enjoyment of watching baseball. I watch preseason basketball just for the enjoyment of watching a game i do not watch right. it to analyze what i'm going to see in the season because it has no bearing on what's going to happen zero none okay okay so i can take that for at least the schemes and the side of as far as what, what phillips is bringing the the winless preseason obviously doesn't matter you mentioned nerf though as well i we talked on the last episode where i was saying i feel like i had some uh i'd seen nerf being maybe a little more mobile he seemed to be really making an effort in that first game of getting around i hear you it's preseason and i hear you it's only a few minutes that he really even got out there. And I hear you, it's not even spending those minutes with the lineups that we'll see him with this season. But do you feel like Nurk has, does it look to you like what you've seen from Nurk would, would imply that he's added to his game, worked on his cardio? I, I feel like he still looks like he's running out of gas way earlier than we need him to. I, I feel like he, we, when we saw him, uh, I think in the last game, or one of the last couple games, they'll blend together, obviously. Uh, four of his five fouls were bad screens. Uh, it's just it, it, these are habits that I, I really would have hoped that not even about what, what are we seeing in preseason, but I just really would have hoped that after the last season, some of this would have been a little more addressed than I'm worried that it has been. Yeah, I get I get what you're saying there. Um, yeah, getting those offensive fouls on screens and stuff like that's definitely 
I would say, kind of a, a cause for concern, if you will, because I think he, he tends to do that, needs to plant those feet and just move in, set solid screens, not move and get caught in that nonsense. Don't let the ref take you out of the game, just play the game. Um, but at the same time, I mean, this is a guy that has only played what 45 regular season games over the last two years like like there is definitely some rust to knock off still i mean you last year it's kind of like you finally get into a little bit of a groove and then the season's over like so uh i i think the cardio issue is is definitely one to be noted like i don't think he's uh he's not out of shape i don't i don't i didn't see a nerf that looked out of shape i think he looked to be in great shape but being in shape and cardio are def are not exactly the no, same thing the same you yeah. got to get that lung up, the, the lung capacity up there too, and I think he will. Uh, I think if there's anything, you saw that he needs to continue to improve, just like Coach Billups said, uh, with his control in the paint, his ability to use his size and his skill set to get easy buckets at the rim. Uh, Portland really tried. I think they showed that they were going to try to change that this year and, and feed him the ball more and get him involved in the paint like Coach Billups wants. And they ran sets for him in, in the preseason. You saw a lot of Dennis Smith Jr. and Anthony and Dame feeding him the ball on pick and rolls, yep. getting him set up in the block. Uh, and then he would turn around, and his, his one thing he does is he brings the ball too low and gets easy turnovers for the defense. So he'll, he'll try his spin move, but the ball's at his hip, and boom, swipe down. There's an easy turnover. Uh, so you saw the positive. The positive was the little stylistic changes to the offense that Billups had alluded to to get him more involved. But now you just got to see him uh, take advantage of that. Like I said before, slow the game down and use his size and his skill set. He can do it. When he, when he speeds up, it turns into these bad shots and these easy turnovers. You need to see more touch around the rim, less shot puts. He needs to have a little bit more Ennis Cantor in him because Cantor is so good at the <laughs> rim with his hands. Uh, but no, so uh, yeah, I see the negatives. Um, I don't think that they're like earth shattering negatives. I think there's positives there to build on. Um, I think at worst you're getting the Nurk that we all expect, like not full blown Nurk fever, but people are still going to be excited with him. And, and at best you get, you get a Nurk that can really turn the corner. I mean, the guy isn't, was not, it's not like he was bad. He's double doubles no, in the yeah. preseason getting assists. Like if you can get, a guaranteed like 12 and 10 out of Nurkic plus five or six assists, which would be absolutely phenomenal for anybody, let alone a center. But if you can get him more involved with the assist game, that's pretty damn good. Like let's not get it twisted. He's not, he's not Joel Embiid. He's not Nikola Jokic at his best. He can put up games like them. Just not consistently. Just you just need Nurk to be Nurk. You don't need him to be anybody else. And if he can come out and stay on the court, that's a big difference maker. So that goes right back around to what you said about those ticky-tack offensive fouls. Because how many times, even last year when he was playing well, you're like, oh, we're five minutes in. He picked up two fouls. Now he has to sit <laughs> out for a giant chunk of the game. You have to rely right. on Ennis Cantor, who's not bringing you defense in the paint now. Teams take advantage. And by the time Nurt can get back into the game safely without worrying about picking up too many more fouls, you're already in a hole. Like the, the best chance of Portland success relies on him staying on the court. So yeah, I totally feel what you're saying in that aspect of the game. He's got to fix what he's doing. And those just ticky tack uh, mental errors that are mental fouls. Really, yeah. they aren't. They aren't. A, I went up for a shot and accidentally hit the guy's arm foul. It's like I put myself in a position to get called for a foul and was called for one. Like it's a mental and error. Again a lot of that, like you said, could be rust. He's He's got a lot of rust to shake off. He's got a lot of kind of rhythm to find 
getting back into this. I have one other player on the other side of the lineup that I'm a little concerned with. I need you to maybe talk me down a little before we move on towards this week's upcoming games. Nasir Little. Again, we saw him a little bit in game one. I talked to you about how he didn't look polished yet. He didn't look totally ready, but I saw him trying to do more. I was like, okay, he's ready for a bigger role. Then we didn't see him in game two because half the roster didn't play in game two. Then he got another DNP in game three. And that was when Dame, CJ, and Nurk, most of the rest of the team did play. And then he got another DNP in game four. So Nasir Little, suddenly gone. Uh, I'm not, I don't think it's any sort of major injury concern yet, but again, that just leaves the door open for, is he suddenly not in a position? Is he is he not showing something uh, to the team where it, maybe he's just, are, are you at all concerned about the role he will have with the season since he barely even got run in the preseason and he kind of is at that breaking point? No, I, I, I'm not because I think that the, the coaching staff is going to see what they need to see from him uh, in those practice runs. Uh, he was held out, looks like, I mean, a, a left hamstring injury. Um, yeah. Held him out, but I think when healthy, he's going to find ways to get on the court. Um, the only thing is now the pressure is really on him. Without getting those preseason runs, uh, the pressure is on him. So if coach puts him in, I think you're looking at a guy who probably has a short leash. I think every, like mm. it's easy it's 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 easy to want to give a guy like Nasir or an Ant or these young guys a little bit more leeway. Uh, but I think if you're Coach Billups, you can't. I think it's like no, there's no. There is no leash. There is no margin for error. The window on Dame is closing. Uh, he's already yeah. stated before about his, uh, you know, being disgruntled and wanting this team to improve. So you have to show that improvement. The, you can't show that improvement by giving these people a lot of leeway. It's going to be a short leash. You're out. Put the guy, other guy back in, and then you're going to set this precedence that you know what? I, if I'm given minutes, I got to take advantage. And I think you have guys in the roster like Nasir and Ant who will respond to that message quite well. So I, I almost want to see it. I want to see Nasir get in there, mess up, and then get pulled and get that message. Like, okay, I got to bring the A game. And uh, yeah, that's what I want to see. I, I want to see it. I think he's going to respond to it. I'm not really worried about his spot on the roster um, because I think there's a lot of minutes for him to go take. And so I, I want to see him take them. The thing is... They, there's going to be players breathing down his neck, man. Like you want him to get those minutes at small forward. Well, if Tony Snell is, is, is healthy, healthy, they brought him in to be a spot up shooter and take those minutes. If Ben McLemore is ready to go and fits in, like he's going to be able to play the two and the three if they need him to. So he's, there's going to be competition for Nasir, uh, but I want those minutes to go to him. That's for sure. Yeah. Take advantage I, of it, big boy. Take advantage I do of feel it. Like, I do feel like Nasir is kind of in the spot that Simons was in. Uh, last year as far as just he's right on the edge of breaking out you can see the potential just he just needs to get the window it makes me nervous that if he is on a short leash because then you worry that you know he's not going to have that window he's not going to really get his chance to shine uh or find his rhythm but maybe like you said if, if he can respond to it properly if he gets put on a short leash and says okay i gotta go out and produce now then maybe that'll be the key we'll see how it goes yeah and i would i don't want it to be i don't want it to be the myers leonard short leash the Myers Leonard short the, the Myers the Myers Leonard short leash was Myers Leonard would get a minute Myers Leonard would make a mistake Myers Leonard wouldn't wouldn't be back in the game again I want it to be uh, I want it to be the short leash where you make a couple mistakes I sub you out then I sit you on the bench and I tell you what you did like this is why this is what you did this is why you pull you out this is what I this is what you messed up on next I'm gonna sub you back in and uh, on the next rotation fix it like boom go back out there the lead like Less like, I guess maybe short leash isn't the term. I like accountability, no, you're, you're though, right? Right? Yeah, don't, just there don't, you go. Just don't let them get away with 
with boneheaded mistakes. Make the make sure they're accountable. Like if you're gonna make mistake after mistake, I'm not putting you in because like, oh well, my rotation says that my backup small forward has to get this five minute run. No, no. If you're making boneheaded mistakes, sub back out. Nope. Send the message, and I, that's what I want to see. Uh, I love Terry Stotts. I loved Terry Stotts. What he did for Portland was great. His offense was phenomenal, but he was the player's coach, right? There was not a lot of that. There was not a, a lot of, oh, a couple mistakes, got to sub you out. Except with select players that you could tell that he didn't really jive with. But more right. often than not, how often did you watch Terry Stotts stick to the rotation more than sending the message, right? It was like, oh, right, it's okay, exactly. but this is the second unit rotation that I got. Can't put Dame back in. No, I don't care if Dame played all 12 minutes. If, if Ant starts messing up, sub him out, put him in. Even if it's for a quick one, two-minute run of Dame and him, of Ant sitting on the bench, send the messages to the guys to hold them accountable. And even if it's like, heck, if I sub Ant out, it's easier for me to tell him what he was doing wrong than it was to yell it across the court while he's playing for another 10 minutes. I think it'd be great. I want to see it a little bit, but maybe I'm just speaking out my ass. Who knows? <laughs> maybe, maybe this is an maybe this is an advantage that Billups will have to overstots as far as being viewed from the players as kind of that former uh, superstar player, uh, superstar point guard who when he when he calls you over to the sidelines says, "Hey, do this differently," it might have a little more of an impact. And as well, just the fact that he's the new coach, new voice in the locker room. Maybe when uh, if he does put let's say Nasir on the Anthony Simons leash, not the Myers Leonard leash. I do like that distinction. Uh, <laughs> then, then yeah, Nasir will be like, oh, new voice. You know, this is how we're doing it now. Okay, I got to respond. So I'm, I'm with you. I like it. Thank you, Chris. You talked me down from where I was at with, uh, with the defense, with Nurk, and with Nas. Let's talk about the season coming up here. The NBA officially kicks off tomorrow. There's some games on, but none of them really matter because Portland opens on Wednesday night against the Kings. Obviously, I am excited for this. We, Like you mentioned earlier, we did lose to the Kings in the preseason, 107-93. That was just nine days ago, but that was missing, let's say, nine guys from the roster. So it's... Doesn't matter. Uh, Doesn't matter. Nothing to worry about. Not worried about it at all. I'm I'm ready for... I, I don't... I'm not expecting a blowout necessarily for opening night, but Blazers have a good record on opening nights. Uh, I think we have the Kings pretty much in our pocket when, when we're playing our real guys, I would hope, at least in seasons past. And I don't think it should be that different this year. Hey, How the, do you feel? The, the entire NBA pretty much has the Kings in their pocket. <laughs> How do you feel about uh, about the outcome? If we're both saying this should be a win, you think it's like a, a three or five point game? Are you thinking like a double digit or a blowout? How do you feel? I, I, I mean, uh, a win is a win. I don't care. One, Give one me a point, score prediction. One point, 40 points. I don't care. I, I don't care. I do not care. A win <laughs> is a win. I'm not. This isn't. This isn't a gambling podcast. I'm not giving you my over unders. Portland wins by twelve. Um, nice. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> don't know the final score, but they win by twelve. Uh, no, I think they'll. I think they'll take care of business. I don't think. I don't think they're going to go out and, and lose game one. I'd, I'd still have this team as a 45 to 50 win team. They're not bad. Like that's. That's the thing. Like everyone gets gets upset, and it's justifiable. It's it's totally okay to get upset when you're like. The whole idea of run it back, right? Well, yeah, run it back. Like they were forty-two and thirty last year. They they were a top five team. Like they they weren't bad. They weren't bad. Yeah, I think this, it's like, runnable. <laughs> so sometimes these like maybe these minor additions will work. The, where it gets frustrated when you see these minor changes, Keith is is over the last few years. That's what Neil has done. Is just done these minor changes. That right. looked good on paper, but then those minor changes ended up not working, right? Obviously, the the Mario Hazonia, Anthony Toller, <laughs> Pau Gasol offseason. 
And that's what this offseason reminds me a ton of because they essentially signed those three players again, maybe just a little bit better in Tony Snell, Ben McLemore, and and Cody Zeller. Like Cody Zeller is the younger, you know, right. Pau Gasol, the guy who's he's not 40, but he's coming in to be your backup center and bring some good stuff. Ben McLemore is 100% uh, Mario Hazonia. A guy that can come in, play <laughs> play multiple positions, and, and knock down some shots. And, yeah. and Tony Snell is 100% Anthony Tolliver, the guy who's made his career on just being a knockdown three-point shooter. It's what happened shooter. with those three was Pau Gasol hurt his foot, then was never able to play again. Uh, Mario Hazonia ended up just being a chaos in a bottle but wasn't a controlled chaos it was just chaos like you would get good but you would also get bad and anthony Tolliver ended up not being as good as advertised when it came to shooting the three point three point ball like he just wasn't that good anymore on paper though those moves looked good right yeah it it made sense it was but this year you got more excited about this season my, my point is is you're going to take some swings and you're going to miss. That's happened. Maybe this is the time that you you took the swing and you hit it. And it doesn't have to be a home run, man. A grounder will score a run too if you got a runner in scoring position, <laughs> right? And with yeah. the roster that Portland has, the Dame, the CJ, the Nurk, the the Covington, the Powell, like you have runners in scoring position. You just got to hit a single. So you need one of those three like players to, to 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 come up clutch when they get the at bat. Love a baseball analogy while I'm talking basketball. You know. baseball on uh, basketball, yep. <laughs> so my thing is, Keith, like I'm not I'm not over my skis, right? I'm not like I'm not going crazy. Oh, skiing analogy, I'm not, okay. I'm not I, I I I'm not thinking that like these moves were going to win lead to a championship, but I'm also not on the other end of these moves are going to absolutely suck like they did a couple years back. Like I just outlined, I'm in full on in the boat of. I think these moves can make a difference. Now let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens. Like I said before, Keith, I think that's what makes this team frustrating is the fact that they are so all over the place. I can go up and down the the uh, Western Conference roster or standings, excuse me, and go, okay, this team is a top two team. This team is a top four team. This team is a top eight team. This team is out of the playoffs, right? Then you get to a team like Portland. I'm like, they could be a top four team. <laughs> they could be on the fringe of play of the play-in. Like yeah. they, they the, the 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 margin for error like is huge because they could be a variety of different teams when this comes all said and done. That's where the frustration lies for me, but I also think that's where the excitement lies because this team can be really good and I wholeheartedly believe that. And I, that the, that's why Neil makes those moves and that's why this team does go quote run it back because if 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 all the things work well if all the ingredients ingredients you put into the beaker finally are the ones you needed this team can be really good well i like it man okay so you go from talking me off talking me down a little bit to now fully just reigniting the hope i like it thank you uh i need it because i know that we are going to face we'll break the schedule down more in another episode but i know that the blazers opening schedule is not kind uh like we said this first week we've got sacramento on wednesday Phoenix on Saturday, then we go down to the Clippers real fast without the Kawhi-less Clippers, uh, and then we come back here to face Memphis before we will probably have another episode next week. Uh, that's not I love too it, bad. Baby. Put up or shut up, right off the bat. No, <laughs> right the bat, no, yeah. no slacking. Throw Coach Billups to the fire. Let the game do sounds, the talking. Let the game do. And the it talking. does sound like a. It does sound like you and I are both saying over on the forty-four and a half uh, win betting line. Correct. I get it. It's I, not I, a betting pod, but I'm going to make us predict some. 
no, I do. I, ha- <laughs> I have them. On, I have them on the over. Um, I mean, yeah, I have them on the over. Yeah, me too. It's not going to be too far. They're not going 50 yet. I'm not that excited, but I'm, I feel pretty good saying 46-ish, 47 maybe. Who knows? Uh, this first week, Kings, Suns, Clippers, Memphis. Let's get half those. Let's start the season without going into a hole. Let's uh, avoid any sort of Dame uh, tr- uh, wants a trade type drama. And maybe let's see some guys get healthy and let's see actual full lineups. But Chris, thank you so much. As always, been a been a good episode uh, or I, I let me before i cut you off how, how do you feel you good with two you think we'll get three you think we only win, win one this first week well you know final prediction let me see and like you know um <laughs> nice <laughs> so the first week here we have the first full week of games let's go sacramento phoenix clippers memphis all right well you know like um those are some winnable games or whatever the case might be, but they might b- drop a few of those games or whatever the case might be. Like, you know, Alfruk Aminu, hey! we love you. Thank you. Thank you, Chris J. Aminu. We appreciate that. No, honestly, I think a 50-50 uh, start uh, right out of the gate uh, will be good. Um, that's all. I mean, you should beat Sacramento. You should beat Memphis. You should. Oh, Kawhi-less Clippers makes that a winnable game. Phoenix is going to give you fits. They they just yep, they have yep. a they god they're a good team. Like I don't think last season was an anomaly. They just they got some real real good young talent. And one thing I did take away from watching the preseason game is boy howdy. I think Devin Booker is going to have a monster year. It's preseason and his jump shots already wet, man. Like yeah. <laughs> he was shooting it from all over the court in the preseason and not even touching the net. It was just down easy buckets. God, and I take it. I mean, and there, I I was not a Booker fan for a few years. I didn't see it. Like I just thought he was a. He, oh, I thought boy. he was a good shot maker. I just didn't see like mega star out of him. Um, I was I was in the minority camp on that. I just didn't see it. And Harry, I, one of my favorite. So many so many sports people get all upset when they were wrong about something. Like, <laughs> oh my god. Well, this is why I said like no. Like, dude. Like the. This, this entire opinion-based business is based off being right and being wrong. One thing I love, though, is eating crow and t- admitting when I was wrong, especially yeah. in this situation, <laughs> because, like... When it's exciting to see a it's good so, It's emerge. cool to say I don't see it in a guy and then watch that guy turn that, or, like, prove me yeah. wrong and, and yeah. see it. And the dude, is, the dude has gone from a guy who, who I think was easily unlikable because of like the 70 point game when it was just like let's just feed him the ball and get up as many shots as we can and you're like how good is he when like he was scoring you know what i mean like it was easy to be like yeah he scored a lot of buckets but what is his game really to watch him blossom into arguably the best shooting guard in the nba right now i love it when i'm wrong about that what i don't love when i'm wrong about is when i think ben mclemore is one of the best (laughs) <laughs> shooting guards in the draft and i see really big things out of him and he comes out in flat and ends up just being a career rotation player that's where it hurts well, to be wrong well this is the year for Mac, uh McLemore, as i was saying before i, I just can't go with McLemore. It just looks wrong when i read it on paper but, but yeah we'll see uh McLemore this year really emerge become a top tier shooting guard uh no I'm, I'm with you though as far as the suns man that is my other team i lived in phoenix for a good long while and watching booker like i thought he was like a clay thompson light for a little bit and he is he is a, a very much more complete game than that at this point uh, but uh 
I guess we're gonna end on a end talking about the Suns. I, it kind of kind of pertains since let's just play them this week. But uh, that's it for now. In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you to Chris, Mr. Loves and Hugs uh, Burkhardt over there. Thank you, Odar, for these fat beats. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, the next four games, and our latest episode. Thank you again. And please come back next week for the next edition of The Trailcasters. Hugh, sing with us. He's not going to sing. He just woke up.